Hello and welcome to episode two of The Hot Topic with Ant and Danny. You can say hello as well. Oh, hi everyone. Great work. Thank you. So um, today we're going to be talking about um, life overseas. Uh, we worked overseas for quite a few years, uh, 11 years for me. How many years was it for you? 10. 10? Yeah, yours was spanning different companies. Mine was all with the same yeah. the same company. So yeah, we thought we'd give you a little insight about some of the, the guest dramas we had to deal with, some of the staff. Staff dramas. <laughs> the dramas were not limited to staff or guests. That's or true. It was just... It was a drama tsunami. Yeah, but also there were some incredible things that come from working overseas. So we're going to talk about those as well. That's true. Yeah. So shall we get started with guest stories? Yeah, so these are guest stories, a couple for me, that I've always wanted to share because they are, they are dramatic but I've never been able to do it because I've either worked for the company or um, I just haven't done it. Like I've shared the stories in friend groups, but I yeah. never like like this, but, um, but fuck it. Might as well not working for those companies anymore. That's Don't intend it. to. That's it. So you can share away. All right. So before I start, I want to say that 99% of all of the guests that ever came on holiday were lovely people. Yes. But 1% are just utter cunts. <laughs> yeah, and there's just no getting away from it because if those people are dickheads at home, then they're only worse when they come overseas, they know that they're coming to an all-inclusive resort where they have the ability to drink from as soon as they wake up in the morning yeah. pretty much to as soon as they go to bed. And they, they fully take advantage of that as well. The, uh, yeah, my first story is one dude that was just absolutely fueled by alcohol. Mm -hmm. Like, it was it was an issue. Um, so I was managing a hotel in Mallorca at the time, a family hotel. Um, and so having said that, there was a lot of child-friendly entertainment and, yeah. and uh, activities and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and there was a couple that were out on holiday. I'd say they were in their early 50s, late 40s, something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. And um, they, as soon as they got into the hotel, we knew that they would be trouble because they were they they were a pain checking in. And then as soon as they were checked in, they were straight to the bar, straight to the bar. So they get wasted. And... Um, this is actually towards the end of the season. So this is around October, like mid to late October time, just as we're getting ready for all of our Halloween festivities yeah. and stuff like that. We, we'd put on a special Halloween show. Uh, all the entertainers and the childcare were doing, like getting dressed up. I was getting dressed up. It was really good. We went all out. Um, so it was about seven o'clock in the evening. We'd been around for an hour or so at this point, all in our fancy dress. I had dressed up... Um, just in head to toe in white, but that had been like spattered in blood. Like I'd been at the butchers yeah. all day. And then this uh, kind of withered, like scrotum-esque mask. It was creepy, that mask. Yeah, and a butcher's knife as well. Anyway, we're, we're in and around the foyer in the lobby and, and like scaring kids and stuff yeah, like I've that. Yeah, I think I'm walking around with a decapitated unicorn. Yeah, yeah, a, you dressed a, up as like a... Like a like a kid. A child that had been killed and buried and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was... That was good. Creepy. Um, 
and and while we're doing this, the entertainment is still going on as normal. Yeah. And the, this couple are in watching the show at that time. And a couple of the childcare people come out to me and say, and uh, you might want to get in there. This this couple are, are drunk and they're heckling the kids' disco. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, there's there's the odd person that will shout out, but usually they've got a kid in there and they're getting a little bit carried away. This couple didn't have a kid. This couple were in this family hotel without children, which was strange in the first instance. But anyway... You know, it happens. It you, get, happen. you get like late deals, and they yeah, just... good good bargain sometimes in the later so weeks assume, of the season. We assume it was something like that. So they the the fella, fair, fair enough, was blitzed. Uh, he was on the dance floor, sat down in amongst all the kids, and he was just he was just having a go at the uh, at the entertainers who were on stage at the time. So I, I went up to him, <laughs> dressed like dripping with blood. And I, went, I was like, excuse me, mate, um, do you want to just calm down a little bit and maybe not, not shout out at the entertainers? They're trying to, like, have a kid's disco here. He was like, yeah, yeah, sorry. But at this point, all of the parents that were around him were like, no, he needs to go. He's, he's just off his head. Yeah. He's, he shouldn't be around kids. So having heard that, I was like, all right, fair dues. I'll, I'll just stand by and watch. So I stepped back a little bit and he carried on. And I, I, I gripped him at this point. I had my hand on his shoulder and I, I pulled him. I was like, listen, mate, I've, I've asked you nicely to stop. You've not done it. It's, it's, you need to leave. So I grip him and I walk him into the lobby. And as I go, some of the parents start clapping like, <laughs> oh, that, that's very good. That, oh, did you see that? He's, he's, he's done that right. So it was good for them to say that yeah. and clap me. I, I do enjoy getting the clap every so often. Um, so... Walk him out into the lobby, say, go go somewhere else for the rest of the night, but you can't go back in there. And he was like, fine. Um, and then the rest, the, the next couple of hours went by without incident, uh, except he then ended up outside backstage, which is where all that we were getting changed just before our main show was about to go on. And he was sat down with us and I'm like, ah, mate, we're, we're just getting ready for a show here. You can't really sit with us. Um... He was like, oh, I'm just getting a drink and then going to bed. And it's like, well, make sure it's a drink of water or something. Anyway, he gets his drink and he, he goes off. We don't see him for the rest of the night. But we're all, all the staff are like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Well, what is, what is what going is, on? What is he, what's actually happened to him yeah, now? Yeah. Anyway, that that's probably the end of it that night. So the next day, uh, like very early doors, the wife comes down and she's come straight to the bar to get more drinks. This is about 10 a.m. Get, gone to get some more. I heard, I heard they were drinking like wine with their breakfast and yeah, stuff yeah, in the yeah. restaurant. Like she was coming back with a sandwich and two glasses of wine, big glasses of wine. Um, <laughs> I was like, you okay? Because she seemed upset and then she started crying. And I was like, oh Jesus, what's going on here? And uh, she's like, he's got a problem, he's got a problem. Um, apparently as well, the night before, he'd, he'd said quite loudly at reception that he's going to steal someone's kid. As well, that he'd recently lost a child and he's going to steal someone's kid. So I'm like, this is just all sorts of fucked up. Yeah. So I need to go up to the room and I kind of, you know, confront this head on, see what's going on. So we go up to the, the room with one of the reps. I think it was Joe, Joe at the time. Uh, if you're listening, Joe, I'll, I'll tag you when I share this on, on the old Facebook. You can have a laugh at this. Tweet in, tweet in your thoughts. Um, but yeah, me and Joe go up there and the dude is like, 
bollock naked on his couch and he's like there's empty bottles of rum and vodka and all sorts just all over the place <laughs> and we're like oh dude this isn't good and his wife is crying he's like oh he's, he's not in a good way he's got alcohol poisoning we're poking him trying to wake him up he will not wake up like he's fully comatose we can't do anything so uh we call an ambulance call the doctor um as the ambulance come in suddenly he wakes up and i think he must have got like a big like jolt of adrenaline or something because suddenly he was awake and fine but they're strapping him into a chair to take him down the lift and he's like no 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 i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine um when they tried to check out that morning as well yeah or the, the next day but they were oh, they'd the asked day. they'd asked already if we could like find a flight while we're waiting for the ambulance to arrive, right. we can find a flight for them to go that day yeah and we did and the woman got the credit card and they were we were they were gone like we were getting them on a transfer and they were going uh, obviously that didn't happen um kind of they were kind of bundled into the ambulance in the end and off they went to the hospital um like going oh no no we don't want to go to the hospital just take us to the airport it's like it's not a taxi mate we we need you to, to you know do one anyway they get to the hospital and about half an hour 45 minutes later the consultant from the hospital phones up and goes uh you need to take these guys back they they are fucking mental and we was like, now nah, they're your problem now, yeah. mate. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy, bye. Yeah, yeah. They're not coming back here. They're not our guests anymore. They're your problem now. And that was that. They mm -hmm. were probably the most mental people. But what I shouldn't have done, in my instance, was taking some selfies <laughs> of him just completely comatose in his room and me and Joe going, way. <laughs> So yeah, that's my mental guest story. It is a bit of a mental I'll, I'll, story. I'll share the photos as well. I might as well put them on when yeah. I share this. Why not? Might as well. So my um, story that kind of sticks out as one of the most like memorable stories that I have from working overseas as a like a kind of crazy, unpredictable guest experience was when I was working in Tunisia. We had recently moved out to our outdoor theatre, and it's important to say that this. Um, hotel was a brand new hotel for this year for for Tui. It was newly opened. It was family hotel, but we were inter we were completely international. So we had our um, team from the UK as on, like reps, entertainers, childcare, plus an animation um, team member that because we had local. like yeah because we had like uh, quite a few locals that would come to the hotel, but also we we was an international product so we offered everything to every person that wanted to come along um we were quite quiet so i don't i had literally no idea what time of the year it was but i feel like it was towards the beginning because we'd only it's quiet it's not going to be like but we'd only just July. we'd moved outside and so it was warm enough our stage outside wasn't built when we first opened so we moved outside and anyone that's worked in somewhere like Tunisia, Turkey, Greece, will know that some of the local acts aren't the the best, really, in all honesty. They're they're very local, they're very traditional to what maybe those people like. But So for um, those that don't know listening, what would a local act typically be? Well, in Greece you just it's always just local dancers. So yeah. like Greek dancing. It's a lot of well, they don't really plate smash so much anymore, but yeah. Zorba they the used dance, to. Greek in, dancing. In two thousand and eight, <laughs> nine when we started, they would light the floor on fire, they would yeah. smash plates. Yeah. That's all gone now. Health and safety has killed it. Yeah. Um but in places like Tunisia, we did have a couple of dance local dance shows, which were which were okay, but not to really everyone's taste. But 
we did have one night, uh, I feel like it was one night every two weeks, was just a duo as our main source of entertainment. And this was um, something we'd only ever put on on a transfer night. So it was always quiet in the audience anyway, because we'd lost all of our guests um, that day and we didn't get the next arrival until really late at night, normally during the show. Um, and they would normally just check in and go straight to bed. But this one night, these guys were lovely. One used to play the keyboard and one used to sing. And they, obviously the other one would, they both sing a little bit. They were just playing away. There was maximum 20 people in the audience. So there was three of us working that night as en entertainers. And we were all individually talking to a gr different group of guests, just PR in because the show is not amazing. We don't have much to do apart from watch the show and talk to the guests. So we were all just having a little chilled out night, chatting to these guests and the coach turns up behind us. So we were like, oh, sweet, let's go and have a like, go and have a look to see how many, like, how many people we can say hello on check-in and introduce ourselves a little bit. And it was an international arrival um, of guests. So um, it was just a mix, a huge mixture of people on this coach. Then they came, uh, some of them had obviously wandered over to the stage, the, the venue. We'd all gone, we'd gone back at that point as well. Uh, carried on talking to different guests. And the next minute, everything happened so fast. I saw um, a gentleman and his partner um, and maybe two other people just stood by the, the gate to the theatre, just watching, just stood there watching. Um, then... In the next instance, this guy was on stage punching the guy playing the keyboard. It was the most Why? bizarre thing I've ever seen. And the thing is, I rushed up, jumped up, rushed to the stage like I was going to help. I don't know what I wasn't <laughs> going to be able to do much. This guy was huge. And I was like, luckily, in places like Tunisia and Turkey and maybe Egypt as well, you do you have security. security in your yeah. hotels, don't you? Um, you, it's like gated, so you have to get let in by security. And we had a guy that just patrolled around. Do he was really good. And he Did just, he have a gun? I don't remember. Probably in Egypt, they've. Got I think guns. he might have done, but he was like he's a, he was luckily walking by a very good timing, mm. and he like ran straight up on stage and pulled him off. This guy's nose was bleeding, Jesus. and it was like he was like, I don't know what's happened. What's what's yeah, going yeah, on? Yeah. Why am I? Um, Oh bless them! They and the, the duo were so they were so lovely. They weren't amazing, but they were just nice people, really nice people. Yeah. And and it turns out that this guy thought that the keyboard guy was winking at his girlfriend and being suggestive. Yeah, but so what? I know, but he was like he was winking at my girlfriend. And she, she, she is my girlfriend. It was the weirdest thing. Did they get evicted? Was that like the end of that holiday? Yeah. Yeah. Because what pisses me off is when shit like that happens and they just get allowed to, yeah. to continue. Like yeah. I, I had a fella threaten me because I ejected him out of a game of water polo. Yes. This is again in Mallorca. So this fat fucking truck driver bastard um, <laughs> was being an absolute prick in water polo. Um like pushing people in the face, yeah. you know, all this stupid stuff. It's like, mate, it's a game of friendly water polo, if that exists, but don't do what you're doing. 
Like he was, he was about six foot four, a uh, big broad fella, your typical fucking lorry driver, right? Um, and he, he wouldn't stop. I'd whistle every time he did it to to, to call a foul and give the, the and he just was carrying on. And the other people playing the game kind of looking at me going, I'm not, you know, we can't play like this. So the, the next time we did, I blew the whistle, got him to chuck, chuck me the ball. And I was like, right, that's the end of water polo. I can't control him. I can't stop him from playing. Like I'd simbin and made him sit on the side. But, it, you know, he said, well, I've, I've paid fucking however many thousands to be here. Yeah. I'm going to play my water polo. I said, well, you're not because it's my ball. And then I, I just stopped the game. I said, and you've ruined it for everyone else. So you can't play. Um, and I'm sorry to everyone else. Yeah. But that was that. Join us again tomorrow, but behave yourselves. Anyway, he followed me. We had like a little shed where all of the like equipment was kept. And he followed me to the shed and he blocked me in. And he, he wanted a full-on fight. And I'm a big lad as well. Right, he. I'm a big. I'm a. I'm a hard lad. I'm. I've got a bit of muscle behind me. He was just a big chunky fucker. So I was like, oh, I really want to fight him. I really want to chin this cunt. And um, but that dilemma was going on in my head. Like, and if you chin this guy, you're gonna get sacked, and you're having a good time. Is that what you really want? It's just one idiot. He'll be gone. Anyway. Uh, I had a full-on PA system in there as well that broadcasts the oh, entire yeah, poolside. So I picked up the microphone and got, I went, um, just just to let everyone know on poolside right now, um, this this is Ant. I'm in the, we called it the boogie box or the yeah. boogie shack or whatever it was. So just in the boogie shack, if you want to look over at the moment, there's a fella, big, big fella stood outside the shed. He's actually threatening me. Uh, he, he wants to fight me. If anyone could come over and help me out, um, that would that would be great because I obviously I can't do anything. Yeah. And people around started having a go at him like, "What are you doing? You know, leave, leave him alone. Get get lost and all that sort of thing." But he, no one actually physically came over to to help. So in the end, I just had to like kind of push him out the way, kind of off off the door, so I could leave. And I went, "You know what? Yeah, fuck you. I'm I'm not not doing this. Got all my stuff together." And then uh, that was pretty much the end of the day at that point anyway. So I got all my stuff. And as, as I was leaving through the, the front entrance of the hotel, I could he was there. He'd gone to make a complaint and the team leader was there as well. I could see him making the complaint to my team leader. And I just went, that's a fucking joke. Left. When I came back in later for the evening duties, she was like, and yeah, you need to let him play water polo. I was like, you can fuck off. Yeah. I, I, after that, I was there for maybe three or four more weeks, but I was like, I'm not working in a, in that hotel with that team leader when you when you've got people guests acting like that. I, to be fair, if I chinned him and she'd gone, oh, you shouldn't have chinned him, I'd have been like, yeah, all right. But I had done nothing wrong other than say you need to be less of a prick, yeah. you fucking entitled little cunt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I actually left Tui that that summer. September that that so and that must I think that happened in the middle of August. Yeah, so it's a bit of a trigger for you, mate. Yeah, <laughs> I, honestly, I I I really want to just bump into that guy in the street and be like, oh, I don't work for them anymore, and just fucking clock him one. Uh, and it's something that I've held on to for ten years. Yeah, I can, I can, you can feel it. I can feel it. <laughs> you're like you're very um very aggressive about. Can you this. see my? Is there a vein popping out yeah. of my head? <laughs> 
Well, I'm glad you got that off your Thank chest, Thank you. Mate. This is like therapy. You feel this like, is... relax now. I did, I want to go... Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> not as much as if I'd been able to punch the cunt, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's not going to happen. No. knows that people that are a nightmare at home are kind of multiplied yeah when they go on holiday we, it's called baby brain yeah as soon as you step foot out of your house to go on holiday your brain like completely goes back to when you were a child and yeah. that's why reps are still essential i think because absolutely the reps basically become a surrogate parent for people like Oh, I need to make a taxi happen. How do I make a taxi happen? Yeah. I need the rep. Yeah, and I think people don't understand that haven't been in the industry how important a rep is and how mm. vital that job is and how actually it can be really difficult at times. But on the flip side of it being difficult, it is an incredible job. Oh, yeah. So it's... There's so a saying you don't do it for the money. You don't of course do it not. for the money. You do it for... The traveling to amazing places, the, yeah. the, um, the amount of the world that you and I have seen yeah. because of this job. Well, yeah, not just being able to like the places that we've worked. So you, you, you're there for six to eight months, depending on what destination yeah. it is and obviously what your role is, because you might go out sooner to set up if you're a manager. But um, just in the amount of countries I went to just for working, then outside of that, the amount of holidays We've been able to have at, um, at good prices and recommended locations because we know people that have been there before. Yeah. How much of the world we've been able to see has been amazing. Like being able to get married in Mauritius. Yeah. And then places like like Vegas for my 30th and yeah. um, a cruise around Asia. So we're really fortunate that those were the kind of experience we've been to do. But, and it's not just traveling outside but yeah. also seeing the world experience yeah. things yeah. that you would not have done and even just i mean the the excursions that the guests will go on and pay mm -hmm. 50 yeah. 60 70 80 pounds for per yeah. person we get to do not unlimited amounts of but for free pretty much at a time that that works you know yeah mutually beneficial to both the employee and the business <laughs> yeah but i i would encourage anyone to to do the job at least for one season mm. if they have the opportunity there's loads of different job opportunities now to work overseas before it was just you, you like entertain a rep kid rep but now there's like performance level you can be an acrobat and work in uh if you've got those extra kind of skills or Absolutely. singers and dancers and um presenters there's there's so many opportunities. It's such a good gateway mm -hmm. into a, a career path that if if you are a performer and you want to go all the way into you know the West End or whatever, you can audition, 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 and hope for your big break, or you can go out and get some I say entry level experience mm. on performing to huge audiences, audiences in, in in the hundreds every single night. Yeah, but and also the amount of life skills you learn from going overseas, you learn a lot about yourself and you learn a lot of key skills that potentially when you're the people that you generally get out coming out for that kind of job overseas, they're younger <laughs> yeah. and they don't you, have maybe you get the, the skills. You get the people that, that don't know how to 
use a washing machine or shit like that. Things that their parents have done for them forever. Yeah. They're the ones that you're like, okay, maybe you needed to learn a few key skills before coming yeah. out. But if you are a performer and you come from a performance background, you're not just utilizing your singing ability and your talents within dancing you're going to learn how to present which is mm -hmm. maybe something that you've not done before yeah broaden you're, your skill set and like pr with people like guests you've never met before build up those different relationships and dealing with like emergencies and crisis like what it was like when you worked in the like was you working when Ash Cloud hit? Yeah, yeah. I was so in Egypt. I wasn't working. I was traveling to work, and we had to take a very long, diverted route with a couple of planes, a couple of ferries, and quite a lot of coach journeys. Um, and then, when things like that happen, how much you learn about yourself? And what What about the people that think, oh, holiday reps just go out, get pissed every night, shag all the guests? <laughs> Um, well, shagging the guests is frowned upon. So I it's probably, a disciplinary I, I probably uh, wouldn't, offense, yeah, that one. I probably wouldn't encourage that. But yeah, there's but, always but shows like um, there's always going to be that thing on ITV, Ibiza Weekender. Yeah, but I do love that program. Yeah, but it's garbage. It's nothing like what being a rep is. No, but it's made for TV. Of course, it's not. But that's know. what people think reps are. No, but they there are stuff that they do. That they Maybe don't in show the nineties, that's what a rep was. Yeah, but also they. We're oh, gonna shag this person, and then we're gonna go out to the club and drink, and then shag the other person. But there are still people that want to go out and just drink on holiday. But this less than it used to be. Like yeah, thank big, God that kind of breed of person is. So like big um, companies like the. The 18 to 30 style of holiday, whatever the name of it is in your company, um, those kind of going out just to get smashed and sleep with loads of people aren't necessarily as popular as they used to be because people want stuff that looks nice for Instagram now. This is true. And so they want, they don't want to stay in hostel style places. They want a bit more luxury. They want cocktails that look good not just come out of a jug well i'll tell you what that yeah that's where the industry was going prior yeah. to this lockdown thing but it'll be interesting yeah. to see post lockdown if that sort of thing comes back because it, people won't have that much money to spend and people yeah, will true. think i've been locked down for ages i want to go out and just but you be an absolute you are always going to get the people that think that that's all the job is but unless you've done it then that's it. Everyone's always there's always going to be people that Go say, "Ah, oh, stereotype. You're ah, oh, you're oh, you're just going on a holiday. It's just a glorified holiday." Yeah, when are you going to get a proper job? Anyone that says that to a holiday ref or um, whatever you do can get chinned like that fat fucking <laughs> lorry driver cunt, and I'll fucking do it. It's a trigger for us. I'm going to be honest because we don't. It's not something that we enjoy hearing, but it's something that we have to accept because unless yeah, unless you've done the job you don't understand what it takes sometimes like you deal with so much more than you do with a, a, a kind of regular nine to five job once you clock in and out in especially in the uk you can go home but when you're working overseas you're kind of always on call yeah. and if you're especially when you're at manager level and um, anyone that is still doing that job obviously at this time is a difficult time for everyone especially if you're still in that in your location if you've flown home uh hopefully that's that's better for you and it's safer but hope the travel industry doesn't suffer too much because yeah. of well we'll see time will tell because of yeah everything that's going on but we had a good time working overseas didn't yeah we? yeah it was good 
I'd recommend it. If you've got any questions about what we got up to or you want to get into the industry and want to know, Danny did recruitment for it for a couple of years as well. So uh, tweet us either at Ant Canavan uh, or... Or Danny Marie Canavan. Yep. Uh, or uh, that's the same for Instagram as well. If yeah. you want to send us a message on there. Uh, otherwise, that has brought us to the end of this episode of the podcast. Thank you very uh, much for listening to The Hot Topic with Ant and Danny. Uh, just for branding reasons, it is Ant and Danny <laughs> when you refer to us, not Danny and Ant. Um, just, I mean, I mean, we, we, we got... Um, he's, he's very precious about this. We got a greeting card the other day from one of Danny's family and it said Danny and Ant. It, they and always it was, say Danny and Ant because I come first in their Yeah, lives. yeah, yeah. No, I mean, this is just a general announcement <laughs> for everyone, but if you could kind of just get your family in on the loop, no. the branding is Ant and Danny. Uh, Danny and Ant is uh, some, someone else. <laughs> <laughs> some other losers from somewhere else. It's not us. Okay, well, thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you in a couple of days. Next episode. Na 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 na. It's the one and only A N double T and Dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's just stop. Edit that out. <laughs>